I'm docile and given to submitting to authority. Hello and welcome to episode number 69 of Grumpy Old Ben's. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac, where we may not be Bill and Ted, but damn it, we're on an excellent adventure. And from America's left coast, where you won't see any of that 69 hanky-panky on this show, I'm Ryan Bemrose. No, because there's no video in this show. Yeah, and you go to Smashcast for that stuff anyway. You won't see any of that here. But the world is still melting down. I missed a uh, No Agenda Rock and Roll pre-show, and there were milk cartons and stuff printed up. Uh, crazy stuff going on yeah, what, in the world. What was going on? <laughs> Cardiologist appointment. And, you know, I originally thought I was going to be able to get the show in and do everything I needed to do before I got to the doctor. And I'm like, well, you know, that's not really going to happen. So I did go in and warn people. In I mean, seriously, people, people were putting out APBs for you. The police scanners in Atlanta were blowing up. <laughs> Why would I be in Atlanta? I wouldn't you know. Chirac, maybe. Because uh, there's open bandwidth because there's no cops in Atlanta right now. Oh, you, you heard about that one? Yeah. Well, this is another one of these George Floyd esque stories that is taking on a life of its own. And uh, it's a completely different situation, but nobody really wants to talk about that. Nobody really wants to. Well, in the mainstream media, normal average people, I think, are getting the concept that when the police encounter a suspect and the suspect becomes combative and grabs a weapon from the police and then shoots at the police with said weapon. I mean, I know it was a taser and all, but that's still going to be a very dangerous thing to do. And people are like, well, you know, you should, you know, you shouldn't shoot to kill and all of this. And I don't know. I have different viewpoints on it which is if somebody is trying to do you harm you don't know how much harm they're going to do to you meaning okay yeah the guy just has a taser and we understand in the world of weapons we understand we start with like fists and then we get into rocks and bricks and then we get into knives and then we get into tasers and then we get into guns guns are the most lethal thing really that people are carrying around with them i mean you have cars and you can run people down but People will try to make that case, which is this guy only had a taser. But if you're a police officer and the guy does end up tasing you, do you really know he's not going to come over and hit your head with a brick and kill you or do something like that? No. So this isn't the same situation as George Floyd. This wasn't an unarmed, helpless man being taken out by the police. This was a guy who was really stupid and ended up dying because of it. Or am I missing something? No, I think you pretty much had it. I uh, sorry, I uh, just just heading out for a smoke or something. You don't uh, smoke. I've heard you've never right, even done pot. You square. Uh, I, I I don't know where you hear these vicious rumors. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I've seen plenty of stories, uh, even with uh, where tasers and bricks and even fists can kill somebody if you hit hit them the wrong way or roll the wrong number on the dice so uh frankly if somebody is going to engage in violence against you uh well i don't know about you if if someone 
How about that? If somebody is going to engage in violence against me in such a way that I think that they do intend me serious harm, whether they're using a fist or a taser or a brick or anything, uh, I, I am going to respond in such a way that I can neutralize the threat. And if that means that shooting them, then, uh, you know, that, that that's what you get for deciding that you're going to violate someone's natural rights. If I, I don't start anything, but, uh, no, I don't, I don't go in for the whole progressive escalation thing. I don't have to, I'm, I'm not handcuffed like the cops are. Well, that's it. And I think we talked about it quite a bit that we both don't like the idea that there are dirty cops out there and there are bad cops out there. And we no. both believe they deserve to like, get the full extent. I don't of the like law. the idea that there are corrupt people anywhere. It's there that that's not cool. Tell them to stop. But, but with that yeah. said, the reality is you're the people that are out there doing the jobs to enforce the law of the land need to be given some leeway and you can't say we'll never use deadly force because the people are going to try to use deadly force against them which is why this is the the proverbial slippery slope when you have a cop like in the george floyd case it's easy the guy was down he was no longer a threat and everybody saw what happened there totally different situation when a guy well, not on the we, ground we saw what the director behind the camera wanted us to see well yeah well, not not that I'm dabbling in conspiracy <laughs> theories, but there is a theory out there. Well, yeah, but did you see the Trump racist baby video? But Trump is a racist baby? <laughs> yeah, the Democrats have been telling us that for years. Oh, well, yeah, but sure, that's what they say. But he tweeted a video, or maybe it was on Facebook. Uh, one of the, Well, it was on Twitter, at least, because that's where this uh, had the little tag now. Because Twitter needs to tag misinformation. I mean, it seems they only do it. A uh, vast majority of the time on Donald Trump, but that's okay. I'm sure that's something they're working on for everybody. Yes. Well, they need to they need to put up a warning that says this this information is, comes from somebody with a an opinion different than the people who run Twitter, and therefore is dangerous. But this it's video, not, and I I don't normally like this stuff. If I that's thought, not what the warning says, by the way, I can give you a little CSS hack that will make it truthful which is just we are censoring this because it frightens our little feels. See, now that is one of those little uh, you have the different uh, tamper monkey and uh, the, the other uh, add ons for the browsers that you can edit this website. You go to the CSS and all that. When you go to them, that would be a great add on to just change, you know, the Twitter verbiage yeah. to what they really mean, because that would be I'll get right helpful. on writing that app. That would be helpful. You are a great app writer. And everybody should download the Bemrose apps. But the Trump video, and I normally think all these little viral video things are just completely moronic. But this one actually made me laugh because the video starts with a uh, a video from behind of a little uh, black toddler being chased by a little white toddler. And the overlay on the screen is CNN with you know, black toddler runs from racist baby. Okay. And this was obvious, not really on CNN, but you see this happen. Are, are you sure? <laughs> and no. you fact checked that? Yeah. Well, yeah, because CNN's butthurt, but well, yeah, you know I, what? I, yeah. That they, they should be butthurt over the stories they run. Have you seen any of them? Yes. Well, I try this not is, to. And this is what Trump was making fun of or whoever put this video together because that's all you see in the video is the little black toddler running away from the little white toddler 
and it's labeled as racist baby. And then it goes to what really happened. And then the scene starts with the two toddlers running towards each other, hugging each other. The one's got something in his hand and the other one's looking at it. And then they start running together playing. So it's obvious that they're playing together. So this was the whole concept pointing out that these little snippets of video, which is exactly what we've been talking about for weeks now on this show, these little snippets of video and audio you get can be taken so out of context for anybody to believe anything, or you can totally make it into a different narrative. This is what Trump was pointing out with this video or whoever did this, which is, yeah, if you just show the one part where the little black kids running from the little white kid, you can make it seem racist. You saw what happened 30 seconds before. You can see that's not the reality of it. But Twitter had to and, label and that, that as not really a CNN video. It's like, really? <laughs> and, and that is, it's an important lesson is you look at, uh, I mean, you look at any any of the uh, videos of, of cops attacking protesters and you think, okay, did, you know, they got to choose exactly when to turn that video on. And did they decide to turn the video on right after the cop dodged a brick thrown at his head? Right. Uh, because I, you, I guarantee you that happened plenty of times. Uh, I wanted to point out though, uh, just for people who don't realize though, that, uh, or, or, or may have watched this and, and believed the CNN version of it, uh, is, uh, people are not born racist and the idea that a baby could ever be racist in, or, or fear for his life because of somebody of the skin color is utterly ludicrous. People don't start out that way. It takes years of public school and university <laughs> education before you can get to the point where you fear somebody just because of their skin color. Yes. And what you're seeing is because of the media, because of the educational system with everything that is ingrained into your brain as you're growing up. This is why we are having the problems that we are now. Glenn Beck was interviewing a black preacher. He was the dean of uh, some college. It was some uh, African something college, but he was uh, our age. Well, my age, he was born in 1969 in L.A. So he's like, I, you know, I know, Teaser. you know, I know. Yeah, we are old. He's like, I know exactly what's been going on in the united states and he made a really good point which i hadn't heard anybody else make which is all of this black lives matter stuff along with other things is really taking things away from personal responsibility and putting people into different demographic groups that you really shouldn't personal responsibility yeah no yeah, the, 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 yes. I think our generation were the last ones who had ever heard the phrase personal responsibility. And I know people my age who still don't understand the concept. This is the generation of kids that we were told that we needed that we gave them participation trophies and we're told to never discipline them. Because if you spank a kid, that's abuse and you'll have your kids taken away by the government. This is who has grown up and become adults and they have never once felt the consequence of any action they've ever taken. They have zero impulse control. They are going out and acting on whatever their feels drive them to. And that's what you're seeing. Now you are seeing people who were never told. No, they were never given the word. No. Uh, I recently rewatched because it was on Netflix. Of course, the old uh, uh, Charlie and the chocolate factory. 
and the character Veruca Salt, the the little girl who was like, "Daddy, I want this. Daddy, I want that." Every single time she opened her mouth, first of all, it's an obnoxious screeching noise. Um, and and I was like, shut it immediately. But I think that was the point they were trying to get across. But the thing I was thinking is, yeah, that's Antifa. That's the the people who are out protesting right now because the the wrong color is on a flag, or or because the the first America's first black millionaire is on a syrup bottle, and we can't possibly have that because any suggestion of colored skin that they didn't make themselves as obviously racist. Yeah. And I do want to talk about that because I find that to be an interesting situation all around the Aunt Jemima branding thing. But this guy made a few points, which just seems so simple and so true that I was surprised that those on the side of sanity just don't bring them up more. And he said he had been to dozens of countries. So he's been around the world, this guy. And he said, without a doubt, the black man in the United States is way better off and way more free than anywhere else in the world. And why is that never pointed out? He's like, are there struggles? He's like, yeah, I've, you know, as a kid was pushed down onto the pavement, you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time for being a black guy. He's like, I get that. But with that said, if you look at what else is going on in the rest of the world, nobody even comes close. And that is a narrative that's pretty important, isn't it? I think for the same reason that that nobody looks at what daily life was like in the Soviet Union in 1975, and it makes any comparison between that and the form of government that they're trying to push now. No, you will comply. I, I, I mean, people is Americans in particular, uh, but people in general are not good at going out and looking at examples of things elsewhere and seeing if they apply to the situation, especially when all of your thoughts are being driven by uh, a media with, uh, with a, an agenda. They, they have a narrative they want to push and examples of why the narrative they're pushing is unworkable do not fit. Obviously. And so they're never going to see it. If you don't go out and and do your own research, which, by the way, is getting increasingly more difficult as all of our general sources of information are starting to censor anything that doesn't agree with their ideology. Uh, if, if you don't go out and find information other than what you're being fed, you're not going to know that. People in America are pretty damn well off, especially compared to people elsewhere yes. or that, uh, Hey, Hey, this thing that we're trying to institute, uh, it, you know, the, the Stalin regime killed 300 million people. And it, it wasn't because he put them up against a wall and fired at them. That wastes bullets. No, he just didn't feed them because the system did not allow for enough food to be distributed. It, where where is that in in today's teachings of of the neo marxist professors who are showing how we could all be perfect if we could just you know kill all white people well and he also pointed out this guy and I, I'll, I'll put a link to this video in the show notes because i thought it was really important he is the dean of african christian university his name is um vadi dr vadi Baucham, B-A-U-C-H-A-M, 
And he pointed out that, you know, this whole Black Lives Matter thing is like you're pretty much admitting and saying that you need the white man or anybody else to make things better for you. These demands that you're making, he's like, we have a group of people who actually did get over slavery, you know, and have and have thrived. But we're back to begging for, you know, changes to be made again goes right back to the personal responsibility thing and this guy just said these things in such a simple eloquent way that i'm like holy crap this just makes way more sense than this mass hysteria that we have going on he also pointed out that it sickens him that people around the world that he talks to thinks the you know these like the george floyd incident they think something like this is going on daily in the united states based on the news media and we all know that's not true but this again is the way to push the narrative and you're absolutely right when google slash facebook slash twitter are the arbiters of truth and decide what can be said and what can't be said that you know we've really got a problem and we have stories to talk about i mean we have the trump video a campaign video that was censored by facebook because he used an upside down red triangle which to uh for an antifa is, symbol is that a thing now well it is for antifa and for socialists for decades but they said it was a nazi symbol so that's why the video was pulled even though it's, antifa getting, it's getting to the point you can't even put pen to paper without accidentally draw you like you just randomly scribble you start grab a paintbrush and start flicking and somehow you're going to accidentally put up a racist symbol. Is that where we're going? Yes. And well, and this is it again, because, you know, it's Trump and this is why. And well, that's a Nazi symbol. And, you know, they said, well, this wasn't an Antifa thing at all. But then, you know, Breitbart had an article, which we will also have linked to in the show notes. Breitbart had an article with many links to and different Antifa sites, including where they were selling merchandise with the upside down red triangle. So you know, Facebook will say they're censoring it because it's a Nazi thing and not what the video was claiming. But the reality is, obviously, they didn't do their homework. Or as I talked about on Random Thoughts and here, this new 20 person Facebook Supreme Court who gets to decide. And the fact, of course, they were all ultra liberals. It's uh, it is really not a good thing. And I don't even care what side you're on. But if you can't get truth, then the world is distorted and people are going to be making decisions based upon lies. So I don't really care what, yeah. Truth is poison to an ideologue. You you know, this, yeah, they, they they cannot, if you are going to remain an activist, if you're going to remain your ideological zealot, which is who we're seeing, uh, who we're seeing in charge of a lot of these institutions anymore. Uh, um, if you're going to remain that you have to avoid the truth at all costs. You can't, you can't have facts. Well, yeah, um, we can't confuse people with the truth, but anyways, I didn't want to talk about politics today. You always want to talk about politics. I, you know, yeah. And it, well, it's um, even, even the stuff that doesn't, you know, this, the Aunt Jemima thing. I mean, that's not technically politics, but it's definitely, you know, social well, justice, it, it, warrior, culture, like war so stuff. many things it's been made political. Uh, the the social justice movement is political ideology from start to finish. It, it has nothing to do with. Uh, it, well, I mean, it it has nothing to do with justice. <laughs> it, no. it is about control, 
and it is absolutely about pushing your beliefs onto other people uh using cry bully tactics uh i did think uh i did think the uh you're you're familiar with the chaz we talked about that before um first of all i want to point out that uh sir chris knight of the vortex ring state is having a chaz meetup tomorrow uh anybody in the seattle area uh you should probably think about attending it's in the zone realize that that's insane well, the the meetup is outside the zone, and then uh, according to uh, noagendameetups.com, they're going to uh, exit the zone and then or start outside and walk in. Um, I don't know how well this is going to go. Uh, I'm also <laughs> not sure. I'm not sure that I, I would be able to go because I think that they, I, I, I have an inability to keep my mouth shut when I see something stupid and everything about that is stupid <laughs> and there's a good chance that i would probably piss off a very large number of snowflakes and i tell you what i can take a snowflake one-on-one but there's a lot of them right which is the problem when it comes to this kind of anarchy is that logic is out the window and you have a bunch of people and i know it's maybe an over generalization but you do get the the in your mind's eye the little puny kids that have been stuck in their parents basements for the last 10 years who, when you got a hundred of them together, will decide to go nuts. And yeah. th- this well, is the, what you the got. scrawny kid who's been on who's been on uh, uh, male hormone blocking right. drugs for three years, and so <laughs> yeah, nothing no of, muscles no, and yeah, nice nothing little small pair there. of titties. Yeah, well, this yeah, the whole Chaz thing. I, I do like the other cities where it was proposed this was going to happen, where the mayors went, "No, you're you're not going to do that." And yeah, yeah. And uh, well, I, I still maintain Jenny Durkin needs to be arrested. <laughs> I mean, this is this goes beyond voting her out. Jenny Durkin, uh, Jenny Durkin is the mayor of Seattle. Uh, this goes beyond voting her out. This goes beyond, uh, you know, even a recall or she needs to be straight up arrested for uh, aiding terrorists for aiding I for if. I mean, at the number of laws that Jenny Durkin has broken herself just by going in and and letting this happen and telling the cops you are not allowed to go in there. In fact, you have to retreat. And, uh, you know, she won't be because the only, you know, obviously the Seattle PD are under her control. Uh, the county PD are uh, pretty much under her control because they're all in Seattle. Um, the you know what what is the state gonna do anything? No, because Jay fucking Inslee has no spine, and uh, you know his his first comment after the Chaz thing had been going on for two days is he's like, oh, I don't know anything about that. How can you not know what the hell is going on inside your own state? It well, is kind of scary. Uh, willful ignorance is a powerful thing. <laughs> yes, it is. It is, and so so he's complicit. But the the only thing that the only thing that would result in in the the people who the real criminals here who are the elected officials who are instead of doing their job, instead of doing what they're supposed to do to keep order, they are, you know, prodding along and letting this little charade go on. Those people need to be arrested and convicted of crimes. But the only way that's going to happen is if Trump actually mobilizes the military from Fort Lewis over here. And that is a scary proposition. Well, I got two questions for you. One, what do you think would be happening right now in Seattle if rather than a bunch of far left loons doing this, 
that a bunch of MAGA people had taken over a few city blocks? Um, there. Well, it, if you're assuming that just Seattle was, um, uh, Inslee would have sent the National Guard in with tear gas and tanks. That would be my guess. I mean, I'm I'm thinking yeah. that might be the answer right now is to just send in a far right militia group and see who wins for the battle. Well, that's of happening. Yeah, the there there has been a, a, a they're talking about uh, organizing to clear out Chaz on the Fourth of July, which <laughs> I, I never I, I still don't I'm not convinced that this thing is going to keep going that long. It doesn't feel like something that that has the legs for it, but at the same time, they're getting so much assistance from outside from the city who are are literally you know they're they're rerouting emergency services so that they can get in uh the city came in and brought concrete barriers delivered concrete barriers like the the big jersey barriers to replace the wooden barriers that had been erected uh the city has been redirecting uh funds and food supplies that had been going to homeless shelters to the Chaz people uh, and not to mention that these Chaz people, of course, most of them still live with their parents. So every night they go home and be like, mom, dad, I'm going to need another $50 to pay the black people because I'm white. <laughs> well, yeah. Did you see that video, right? The, oh if, my you're, God. if you're a white person, you know, take $10 and give it to a black person before you leave the demilitarized zone. It's like, really? That's, that Although seems fair. Here, here, here's probably, uh. My my favorite things that I've I've recently learned about people on the far left. For the thanks thanks to the this Chaz experiment, um, they obviously believe in gun ownership, uh, strong borders, walls, segregation, strong police force. Um, they believe in deporting people, and they are totally cool with stealing land. That does kind of sound like everything they were supposed to hate. And uh, no, it's what they're doing. So obviously I, they're okay with it. Obviously, yeah. Uh- it is going to be interesting to see where that all breaks down, because I believe you're right. Most of the people that are involved in this, were taking it as, you know, a big party. And eventually, even the best parties will will start to disperse and be like, what are we still doing? And I do here? understand the party aspect. I mean, I've I've been I've been present for three different riots in my life, which is one of the reasons why I have no desire to, to participate this time. Uh, and, you know, the first one was at the university during finals week and um what they called a riot only became a riot when the cops decided to start uh tear gassing the people who were otherwise having a party that got out of control in the middle of the street with beer kegs and everything else and and yeah there was probably an ordinance that said you weren't supposed to be blocking the street with a giant bonfire in the middle of the intersection that that might have been a concern um but it was a party and then the cops tear gassed and then it wasn't and I keep looking at this going, yeah, I understand the mentality of being there and and just having fun. But even when you're having fun, you got to stop and, and think about, OK, uh, is is looting a storefront? Is that fun or is that just criminal? Uh, is uh, throwing bricks at people? I mean, I don't care how much fun you think it is. That's not cool. I'm. Yeah, well, it's certainly not legal and can certainly have some repercussions to it, which is the the concept that they're kind of pushing here, which is anything that goes on within this zone. There are no repercussions. And this, again, is because we want to defund all the police and we we can do all this by ourselves. But, you know, then they call dominoes for food. So that makes a whole lot of sense. And did you see? Yeah, there was literally a dumpster fire in the jazz or right on the border of the jazz. 
So what do they do? They, they took care of it themselves because they're autonomous and they can do anything. And they're this great society, right? This utopia. Yeah, they called the fire department, didn't they? Yes, they did. They called the yeah. Seattle Fire Department for a dumpster fire. It, you know, it's got to be convenient being completely autonomous and then also still be able to rely 100% on the people around for support. That it, it, it's kind of stacking the deck. If they were truly required to be autonomous, they would have resorted to cannibalism a week ago. Well, there's, there was a mention in the troll room. And if you're not in the troll room while we do the show, tell live, me they have no agenda stream dot com. We're talking about the fact that the bikers are coming now into the Chaz. And this is also with the these uh, chop protesters that set this up. The kids that are spent way too much time in their parents basements don't understand is, yeah, sooner or later, somebody bigger and badder than you is going to come in and take your crap <laughs> you know and that's uh you know if the hell's angels show up i don't know many of these antifa guys that are gonna hold their own the Ant- uh, they don't have to and the reason is and here's my prediction if if the hell's angels or the bikers or or whoever the 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 counter insurgents are uh you you know right now there are no police on capitol hill they have been ordered to fall back and and you know stay cower in place citizen um if anybody wearing a maga hat decides to approach the chaz area you can be guaranteed that the mayor of seattle will mobilize the police the governor will probably mobilize the state patrol and national guard and suddenly the government will reassert itself and stop all of these you know horrible racist right-wing people because the it, Chaz has a, a couple of guardian angels on it, which is Jenny Durkin and Jay Inslee, who are completely complicit in this devastating bullshit that is is really screwing up a, a not only the a portion of the city but also the culture. Um, if if the counter attack comes from the bikers. It will be stopped by the uh, by the National Guard so fast, be, you know, Jay Inslee will not even let the ink dry before he's ordering, you know, bikers to be shot if they're wearing a red hat. Probably true. Probably true. And it will just show again that this is all a farce. This is nothing but playtime. This is more hollow shouting of social justice slogans. I mean, and today, I mean, it's Juneteenth. now. I'm, I am asking this question. I had never seriously. heard of that until yesterday. That was my question. And and quite seriously to everybody out there, because it seems like people, the media is covering this like Juneteenth is a thing, but I had to do a few different searches and be like, well, what that, what is Juneteenth? There's a lot of days that are in the teenth, you know, area of the month, but I, I'm up until this yeah. thing started, I had never heard of this, and, but it's being all this- of a sudden in the media, like it's just being kind of rolled right in. Like, Oh yeah, this has always been a thing, you know, Juneteenth. I, I I am sure that it has been or is a thing from in some small area, in some region, there's probably, you know, somebody in uh, I don't I don't know East Texas. Yeah. Right. Fletcher uh, Fletcher, yeah, Fletcher just said. <laughs> um yeah, so I, I'm sure that there are places where this has been a big thing forever, but uh I've never heard of it. Uh it it felt like uh it, you're familiar with the mandela effect yes um the 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 idea that people all remember things differently than they happen um 
this is this is a psychological phenomenon and it was never it was always a matter of time before somebody decided to use the mandela effect as a propaganda form uh you know it i, I guess the term is gaslighting it, it feels like people are being gaslighted to to introduce a mandela effect to say yeah yeah everybody's been known about this forever uh you know this oh it's been a thing forever and it hasn't it it it's brand new to a lot of people it just made it big and the whole concept is it's a celebration of the end of slavery good thing i think i don't yeah. think anybody can no i'm totally fine with it, get it. I just, just the idea that it's been around for i'm like no i no. <laughs> but i do have a problem with places like yelp coming out with things like well if you want to here's an easy way to find black owned businesses and it's a really slippery slope there, too, because then you should have a directory of Asian owned businesses and white owned businesses. And, and if you don't see Google owned businesses. Yes. Well, if you don't see how this is causing more division again, we're getting away from personal responsibility. We're getting away from the fact that people should stand on their character, not the color of their skin, you know, unless they own a business. So then they want you to come just because they're black or whatever to do business with them it doesn't make so any sense you're, you're completely wrong here the obvious solution to end racism is to introduce more racism yes Duh. yes that's that's obviously how it has to work so if we just keep adding more racism until it hits critical mass all racism goes away yeah maybe if we add enough then maybe we we get a you know a civil nuclear war or something and then all people go away and and i tell you what without any people i bet there'd be a lot less racism there probably would be, but you know, even animals think each other are dicks. I'm sure, but oh, yeah, well, an, Animal Kingdom it operates. It trust me, it is not a uh, a utopia commune in the Animal Kingdom. No, a, a, animals are dicks to each other. All I have to do is look at my two cats over here on the ground, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll there's one of them will be sitting there just chilling in the middle of the floor, curled up, looking around, whatever. The other one will saunter in slowly reach up with one paw and just smack him across the side of the head. <laughs> and then he'll jump up and chase her around the house. And this is just animals being dicks. It's what they do. Welcome to group. People do that too. Yes, they do. And you're never going to weed that out. No matter how much you try, no matter how much you try to rewrite history, which the funny thing with all of this and the sad thing is when you erase history and people have no idea what happened before it will be repeated this whole concept that we must wipe all references of slavery away is absolutely ridiculous because it doesn't fit with wanting juneteenth you can't have it both ways because juneteenth is going hey we're celebrating that this ended but then you're well, going if anybody who's celebrating freedom and yet going out and and deciding to censor everybody whose viewpoint is ahead of them does not understand what the word freedom means. No. And the Aunt Jemima thing, the Uncle Ben thing, which is coming, is all to a certain extent. The, I get the grumpy it. Ben thing. Yeah. The grumpy old Ben's thing. That could be some good artwork there. But where do you draw the line? And that's kind of my question here, which the brand itself, Aunt Jemima, you know, they go back. Well, it had its, you know, even the name came from a minstrel song. But the guy that wrote the song was black. The woman who played Aunt Jemima was black and made a career out of it, made a lot of money out of it. But 
the the brand has evolved over the years but now going back to anything that references that pre-civil war i mean let's look you know lady antebellum country group sucky country group decided they had yeah, to change I, their name because I, I have to admit i'd never heard of of lady antebellum before this story popped up but i'm like well um obviously these people are retarded yes well the funniest thing being that they took the name now lady a which was actually being used by a black soul artist r&b artist yes so now this is white people infringing upon the rights of a black artist in order to be woke so i mean this always works out really well yeah this this was uh, i loved adam's comment yesterday he said this was a rare noodle gun ricochet yes Yes, it is. I still have to listen to yesterday's show. I, I wasn't around, so I missed one. It's like the first one in in a couple of years. But that's it. That that sums so, up quite well. It's a noodle gun ricochet. Bill O'Reilly last night brought out the fact because I know the, the girl Natalie Maines from the Dixie Chicks hates Bill O'Reilly because he covered that story back when the Dixie Chicks got they were like the original deep platforming. And I thought that sucked back then even though I thought she really shouldn't be going out into foreign countries and trashing the president. But I didn't think her music should have been pulled in all of this. But he was pointing out in this ultra woke culture on the heels of Lady Annabellum having to change their names. You can't use Dixie anymore. The Dixie chicks better be changing their name. And Bill O'Reilly suggested the uh, the PC women for a new name for the for the Dixie chicks. So um but yeah, I absolutely support anybody's right to decide that they don't want to purchase this music anymore. That is that is completely reasonable and it's an individual choice on the part of of but but going after somebody's going after somebody and saying they should be shut down is is always wrong. Uh do you remember last week uh that's a still silly question, isn't it? Um last week we had our conversation with Sir Carl uh who uh, talked about digital marketing and uh, e- even to an extent that I did not realize talked about how uh, Google is, you know, double, triple and quadruple dipping in multiple vertical layers of the entire advertising space online uh, to the point where they effectively control 75, 80% of all advertising online anymore. You you remember this? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, it was with that in my mind that I read this story is from a few days ago, but uh, um, you're familiar with Zero Hedge. Yeah. They right are, uh, as, yes. As all the stories that uh, I read, uh, the NBC News story in particular uh, described it as Zero Hedge, uh, an alt-right conspiracy site. <laughs> right. I mean, maybe <laughs> conspiracy, maybe truth-telling, depending which side you're on. Yeah, it, it, I... I don't know. To be honest, I mean, I've been linked. I, I don't. I don't follow any site for the purpose of the site. I get linked articles from places, and I, you know, Zero Hedge and Breitbart and Fox News. I'll, I'll if I get an article from one of them, then I'll compare it with, uh, you know, somewhere on the far left like Reuters or AP. Uh, but I, you know, I always try to check multiple sites for stories. But the thing that bothered me about this is uh, Zero Hedge and and apparently another one called the Federalist. Um, are being effectively deplatformed from Google's ad network, which right. I, I just said is eighty percent of the of of all ads anywhere. Um, this is uh, because 
Google has an effective monopoly on on online advertising anymore. When Google decides that you can no longer make money, you can no longer make money. What are they going to do? Sell boner pills now? Kind of. And we talked about that with Carl. I said, just because you own, you know, like no agenda, just because you own your own servers. I mean, that does some for you. But if you're looking to monetize this online in the ad sphere, it doesn't matter. You can still be deplatformed, you know, well, you know, back in back in 97, when when banner ads were a thing and uh, people were were putting up pages and then clicking them themselves and making beer money on it. That that happened. A couple of my the guys in my fraternity did it. Well, yeah, bots um, are good. I, I looked at. Yeah, I looked at this and thought, you know, this advertising model, it's not sustainable. It, it's it's going to collapse if, you know, when people finally wake up and and see what a scam the whole thing is. And um, that was almost 25 years ago. Well, yeah. And, you know, and the amount of data they're collecting now is insane. We have an article about that, too, to talk about. It's 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 it, insane. And it frightens me that. You know that people refuse to wake up and see what a scam it is. So, so I guess there's a lot of staying power. I still maintain that my time frame was off, but online advertising is due for a collapse. Well, it has and, to. And Google coming out and owning the entire thing, and then censoring people because they happen to be on the right. Um, th- there's there's no way that this can stick around. Well, when you're going by political ideologies too, and the fact that this kind of stuff is being allowed to stand and there is no competition should worry everybody on both sides. But of course, when you're the side that's getting the favorative treatment, that's what the whole world is about. And everybody wants favorite oh, yeah. treatment. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, they're a monopoly, but they're a benevolent monopoly as long as they agree with what I believe. Right. No, no, they're still a monopoly and no one should have that much power over anything. That's but, the, 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 the failure point of capitalism is, has always been a monopoly forming and, and guess what? Every single time that government gets involved, there's, they form a monopoly on something or other. Uh, I'm not even sure this was government, but man, Google just I, stop. Don't, don't Google anymore. This, the, that company has gone away from don't be evil. And that company even went away there. I mean, all they did was erase the don't at the beginning of it. That company is straight up evil. Well, they are because it's all turned into uh, we want to change the world, but we want to change it in our way. And that's how, uh, you know, everything they warn you about with Trump. That's what big tech actually is. <laughs> and that's the scary yeah. part about it. But I mean, before we get too far away from the Aunt Jemima thing, Ben Giself. Oh, yeah. The can you ever have. From this point forward, is there any black character that can be on a product box box? And I want to know what the difference then becomes between characters that are white and characters that are black or characters that are Asian. And because the Aunt Jemima brand, you know, started out very much so with the mammy kind of look with um, going back to the pre-Civil War, Civil War era. but the brand had evolved and you know the name just remained and it's like well does is that necessarily a bad thing i mean logically i can go okay i kind of get where you're coming from but as a kid having you know breakfast if you had the box of aunt jemima pancake mix there i don't remember ever thinking wow that's racist or thinking that 
this was a negative thing. As, as a matter of fact, I would look at it in a different way. And this is probably just because I'm a dumb white kid from the suburbs. But I would think that the fact that there's a product that has a black character on it. And I didn't know that uh, Aunt Jemima, there was actually a woman that it was based on and all this other stuff. But I would think the fact that you it, have a product. It was never important. Right. Well, that's exactly it. And the fact that there was certainly not important to kids, right? It's like, I just want pancakes or waffles or whatever you got. And the fact that there was a black face on the packaging, isn't that a positive thing? I mean, as long as you're not doing this again, we talked about the black face when it came down to the Chris Rock impersonation by Jimmy Fallon is, you know, whether it's racist or not really depends a lot upon what's behind it, what the intentions are. But it seems like this would be a step back for everybody, because if you're a black entrepreneur right now, can you even have your face on a package or is this going to be considered racist at some point? Well, it will be called racist, but then everybody be like, no, no, it's cool because it's a black owned business. And you'll be able to find that out because Yelp will be surfacing that as one of the primary features (laughs) of their website. Right. That's you know. so if if Aunt Jemima was currently owned by a black company, then it would be okay. I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think that that in in the tortured lack of logic that is the left these days, I think that that would probably, yeah, that'd be totally cool. And then it comes out. It's like it, it's really any character. I mean, we have the funny point was when somebody said, well, you have snap, crackle and pop on Rice Krispies. And this was something that got traction on the social medias. But the Cocoa Krispies, they have a monkey for the the mascot (laughs) and it's like well obviously that's racist and i'm like well on the face i could see where you would make that comparison Uh, i I would argue that if you see a monkey and automatically think black people it's not the person who put the picture on the box that's a racist in this equation i would agree because breakfast cereals there's way more animals on the boxes than there are people yeah so you know what i see I see a picture of a monkey. I don't automatically think, oh, that's obviously a symbol for a black person. I, I Maybe I, you know what? I think I just wasn't raised with enough systemic racism. I wasn't raised with enough white privilege. Thanks, dad. Damn it. I need. I didn't get enough white privilege and systemic racism when I was a kid. Because you know what? It, when I was pouring syrup on my pancakes, I didn't see a bottle with a black person on it. I saw a bottle with a picture it said aunt jemima and it was a picture of uh, what looked like a kindly old grandma and it made me think you know these pancakes are probably pretty good because my grandma makes good pancakes that was as a kid it looked like a grandma i didn't give a crap what color she was i guess you only get that if you spend enough time in academia or something probably because that makes it you know a whole lot more sense uh, than what the the relationship is that people are complaining about it's like should all white people be mad because of snap crackle and pop or the keebler elves i mean i don't know i've never saw a keebler elf of color how come only also if (laughs) if if pepsico really wants to care about black lives they shouldn't be changing the picture on the outside what they should be doing is changing the ingredients on the inside that corn syrup is death for you well no that that doesn't don't nobody can't talk about that just did oh watch me (laughs) You're absolutely right. Uh, There's a lot of things people could be focusing on that would make a whole lot more sense. And what nationality, what race a character is, 
I don't know. It doesn't seem like that should be something that should be a concern. I mean, there are certain things that go hand in hand with certain ethnicities, whether they rightfully so or not. I mean, people you go to, you know, the potato, ah, you're Irish, you know, Irish and potato, Irish and whiskey, Irish and drinking. When it comes to black, of course, I mean, there was a big hubbub at the Masters, I think, a few years ago. Where Sounds like the Irish have more than their share of stereotypes here. No, they do. You, yeah. Stop. Stop taking You're You're taking it away from someone else. Equality. You need to give up some of those stereotypes. Give them to other groups. Yeah. Well, I like the movie it came out in the 80s called The Commitments, which was a movie, you know, again, the all fake, not real, not a documentary. I don't know. People get very easily confused these days about what's real and what's a movie about a soul group of a bunch of white Irish kids doing black music. And the, you know, that was the whole concept in the movie. It came up a few times where, you know, the Irish are basically the blacks of the rest of the world, <laughs> because that's, uh, you know, kind of the way the Irish were treated. Cause it was like, well, why are these guys, you know, why are these young white kids singing, you know, soul music? And it kind of made sense. And that's, again, I've talked about it before. Music I think is great because music crosses every boundary and it doesn't matter what color you are. You can like any kind of music. You can sing any kind of music. You can do whatever the hell you want. But there are enough of the stereotypes out there. Like, I don't know if I want really good barbecued ribs. I'm going into the black neighborhood. It's way better stuff. So I you, mean, know, you it, bring up you bring up another thing that just drives me nuts about this this narrative that of white privilege that if you're white you you've had everything handed to you just because of your skin color it it it, it, you know they focus a whole lot about the one period right before the civil war when one particular ethnicity was being suppressed or or picked on or whatever um but they're completely ignoring huge parts of america's past where for example the irish or italians or uh, any group that are generally considered to be pretty white these days were the scum of the earth because of racism, because of xenophobia, because, oh, they're different. You know, when when you get everybody coming into Ellis Island, they're like, OK, well, based on what country you came from, you're only allowed to be in this part of New York City. And that's uh, that happened. And, and yet somehow. All of that is now swept under the rug. And if you've got light skin, then you are automatically your your entire upbringing is privileged and you deserve nothing. And you deserve to pay reparations for people whose skin color happens to be dark and whose ancestry was oppressed in one particular time, completely disregarding anybody else whose ancestry has been oppressed at any other time. You know what? If if you actually included all the time, then and, and you decided that you owed reparations to everybody who has an ancestor who was in a slave, that would be 85% of all humanity right now because we have so damn many ancestors. And I'm going to pose a question that would get us deplatformed, which is this. Good. If we go back to I had what, enough of this platforming before the uh, what the dean of African Christian University said which was he's been all around the world and uh, you, you lost me at African Christian University. But well, this was the, the guy that, that said that sounds like a racist name to me. He's been oh. everywhere. And he said the black person in America way better off than anywhere else in the world. So my question would then become when it comes to reparations, if the blacks that are currently in America are better off than any other country in the world, 
shouldn't you be thanking those people that brought him here? Well, obviously, the black people in America who are enjoying their black American privilege of being here owe reparations to the descendants of all of the people in Africa whom their ancestors enslaved. I mean, I understand that make what sense? I'm, I'm understanding the ludicrousness. Because it makes exactly as much sense as taking my money away and giving it to somebody because of their skin color. By the way, you want, you want a generation of real racists? That's how you get a generation of real racists, is you take their fucking money away and you hand it to somebody based solely on skin color. That is how you get more racism. Yes. And I mean, it's really... Right now, Right now, you've got a generation of, of people with light-colored skin scratching their heads going, I didn't think I was racist, but I guess if you say so, you, you want to raise the entire next generation of people to all hate blackie. This is how you do it, is you take them their money away and you oppress them for the purpose of handing it to somebody else, regardless of what they did, simply because you've decided to pick and choose what ancestors from what time period did what to what. Never mind that the next generation who are little kids right now have never oppressed anyone. Well, when you're hearing all this stuff about reparations, don't you go right back to what we covered in the thing on the raising of the minimum wage, which was these handouts are not to actually make people's lives better. It is to further no, enslave it's them. About control. Yeah, it's about control. It, Almost all government action is about control. And in this case, it's, more and more and more control. And I understand if you just take that. The, the, the fighting, the left versus right fighting is all about who gets to control whom and in what way. And those of us who just don't want to be controlled are sitting on the sidelines going, screw you all. And you live in the United States of America and you still want to bitch about it. Although, why then does everybody else want to come here? And I get it. If you were just uh, to, the, if you were to hear the, my the questions reason, out of context where you go, well, shouldn't you be happy that your ancestors were brought here as slaves? I mean, I understand that is posed in such a way to enrage and to push the boundary. But the logistics of it, the logic of your brain would have to go. Well, the end result is you're now here in the country everybody else wants to come into where you're better off than anywhere else. You, I, you want to know why I like living in the United States of America? No. Because I'm allowed to complain about this. There are a lot of other places in the world where it's a lot worse off and you will be thrown in the jail just for complaining. So, um, I mean, as of yet, it has not yet been made illegal to podcast. And I am allowed to bitch about how authoritarian the Americans are. And they are objectively. So just you, you, any comparison that you make, you're like, oh, well, it's a lot better than other places in the world. Yeah. But just because those places are even more shitty doesn't make this one less shitty. It kind of yeah. does. <laughs> the well, logic is if they're I, more shitty, this one would be. But I, I mean, it, we saw. Okay, it doesn't make this. I'm sorry. It doesn't make this one not shitty. How about that? That's true. But we've solved yeah. systemic racism now because there won't be any more Aunt Jemima. That's got to be it. It's, it's gonna so fix I had uh, one, one more authoritarian uh, shut up slave story. Uh, and it has to do with uh, American Airlines and United Airlines who are now going to start blacklisting people who refuse to wear masks on the planes. Ooh, blacklist is a very unfortunate choice of words. Yeah, well, that's why I chose it. Um, the, the, the big thing that triggered the, the story on this was, uh, Brandon Straka, who is an activist from way back. Uh, the, the big thing to his name, it's, 
he started the the hashtag walk away movement, which is a bunch of people who have got sick of the Democrat Party, um, which frankly I I don't consider that to be a uh, a particular movement so much as as discovering common sense, but whatever. Um, but uh, he was removed from a flight without having his ticket refunded because he sat there and refused to wear a mask on the plane. And um, this is uh, given everything that we know about how useless and in fact, detrimental wearing masks are, especially in, in a confined area and how you need ventilation in order to get your, the respiratory health that keeping your, your respiratory system healthy is kind of important for fighting viruses like COVID. Um, the, the policy seems entirely backward, but, uh, apparently American and United airlines are both, um, they, they are already removing people from flights. If you, if you don't shut up slave and wear your muzzle and, um, the quote from the representative from United airlines said, uh, violators get two verbal warnings and a friendly offer of a mask. But if gentle persuasion doesn't work, they're reported by the flight attendant and face an investigation by a security team at their destination. I can't think of anything more ominous. You know, I, again, understand that the airlines are not government owned. So if a if an airline wants to make this part of their deal, which is if you're flying with us, you have to wear a mask. I give them that right. I don't have any problem uh, with it. The the private company argument, uh, you know, the I'll buy the private company argument from a company like Twitter before I will buy the airlines. The airlines uh, may be privately owned, but they uh, th- that industry is so amazingly regulated. Uh, you know, they've they've pawned off their security on the federal government. Well, the government came in and stole the task, but um, the. They are so in bed with the federal government that they always wake up wrapped in the same sheets. The calling them a private company does not fly with me because there is no real competition in that space because the the government steps in and controls and regulates so much of their industry. So yeah, there there are certain decisions they can make on their own, but I'm not sure that I buy the the oh they're a private company they can do what they want. Um and and in this specific case of this one, uh, it has to do with the fact that um, if I need to get to um, some place across an ocean and I don't want to wear a mask, uh, you know, the, a, a, a private company who decides, yeah, we're going to require everyone to wear a mask um, in a true capitalism, that company there would be competition of somebody who doesn't require that. And then the person can make the decision. Do I want to wear a mask and be sheep? Or do I want to go without a mask and take the risk that I might find a, a disease that's already practically extinct? Well, that's possible, right? That there are airlines aren't being forced to make you wear masks. So if an airline really wanted to, they could have no mask flights or an airline could decide they want to be totally no mask. Uh, are right? there airlines that don't require masks? I don't know. There this is not, your story. Come I, on. I, I can't walk through SeaTac <laughs> Airport without a mask. They are they will stop you. They um they the airport cops will come up and stop you if you're not wearing a mask at the local airport. And if I want to fly out of the Seattle area, I need to go through SeaTac Airport. Right. Well, that's um, the local law. Like no, here I in don't. Illinois, if you're in a building, you have to wear a mask. It, it, it's the government. Right. And they have their own police force. Right. 
who who happened to have not been defunded but that has nothing to do with the airline itself i mean they can decide what happens once you're in the plane what what i'm saying is is that the argument of their private company and can do what they want only works if there is competition that people can go to if you don't like the policy and i am not seeing any scenario today in which i can get on a plane and fly somewhere without being forced to put a muzzle on or be denied my flight you can charter a flight yeah or, or i can just take the bridge over to hawaii yeah <laughs> it's to take one of those little uh, aqua cars don't you have one of those I'm, like it turns in from I'm like still a car waiting to a for boat. them to finish the tunnel yes be a very long tunnel and i mean this stuff i think will get fixed within a fairly short period of time but you know i'd like to think so but it's never short enough no, that's true. I mean, I hate flying anyway, so maybe that's just the apathy for the whole industry. And it's like, you know, that's uh, it, it all deserves a a major reboot more than any industry really does. And uh, maybe this will help, even though it may have some uh, rocky, you know, a little bit of turbulence getting there. Uh, but I don't have a problem at this point with airlines saying, if you don't want to wear a mask, then we're going to put you on a blacklist. That's if they don't want to well, let you fly, I, I, they have the right as a private company that says, I don't want you to be a customer anymore. And you can be blacklisted already for all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, if you got I'm probably up, blacklisted for, if any of them have ever listened to this show, you know, Ben Rose comes out of the bathroom without his pants on, you know, you probably want to blacklist them. The, the, I, I, okay. Those weren't my pants, but <laughs> they were somebody was, else's right. You know? So, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blast them for that because again, these companies have been bombarded with, so much information whether it's correct or not when it comes to the covid stuff you know going into the doctor's office i mean it was very weird you know like 10 people in the waiting room which was more than i had kind of expected but everybody wearing masks you know they're checking the temperatures everybody involved is wearing masks so you know i get it when somebody like if you're if you run an airline and you go into your cardiologist's office and like everybody's wearing masks that you're in yeah you're like I think we should probably have people wear masks, keep everybody safe, whether that's actually the truth or not. I don't buy it. I don't think masks in a short term thing like being on a flight make you any less safe, but I don't really buy the fact that they make you more safe. I mean, I do believe you're going to be in a very compressed environment, and I know airlines have decent ventilation when it comes to the way the air is circulated throughout the plane compared to say, you know, going into most restaurants, well, I really compared to, to me, right, yeah, ask you this, a normal restaurant and a normal airplane. Where do you think your chances are higher at catching something? Oh, uh, there's, there's a lot more air per person in the restaurant. So they, I, you're definitely going to catch something more in the airplane. I see. I would go the other way. I really think restaurants are more dangerous because they don't have the full ventilation. The air kind of stagnates more. Oh, where air okay, I don't know what kind of restaurant you're going into. <laughs> Anyone. I'm going into one that's in a building. Yeah. Not, not a closet. No, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's Washington State regulations, but they, they require certain square footage of your restaurant in order to get so many people in. There, there aren't, I can't think of any restaurants around here that that will literally cram you in shoulder to shoulder well no you don't have to be shoulder to shoulder we know all this six foot stuff but you are on crap. a plane yeah i understand that but the ventilation you're, you're crammed is in shoulder to shoulder without any circulation in your legs well that is bad 
but the air ventilation is you're probably in an airplane and if there's any scientists out there who have studied this in an airplane the ventilation is probably as close as you can get to being outdoors as you yeah. can and the way you get ventilation is you reach up and you turn on that little jet on top of you yes. that spews cold air with zero percent humidity on you yes but that is waste. if you're on an airplane i would be doing that right now because we know that air is going through hepa filters and coming in from the outside and it's way safer yeah but okay the air is way that's one thing that nobody's really talking about yet which is kind of weird because the solution to a lot of this stuff would seem to me to be ventilation systems indoors bringing in more outside air and heavy duty filtration of the air Uh, i mean this time of year everybody has outside air anyway around here at least well remember i'm in a part of the the nation where uh air conditioning technology has barely been discovered so most places open windows for ventilation and that works that actually works really well compared to what you have in chirac and other places where it's you know hitting 90 degrees now air conditioning is being used and usually the air is not very well filtered so yeah it's it's turning out to be a beautiful hot sunny day here and it is 67 outside right now (laughs) yeah that's that sounds like a really really warm day but that is the outdoor thing things dissipating because of you know just the natural atmosphere around you it seems nobody's ever come out and said that uh the outdoor is any kind of major transference of the covid virus and probably not of most viruses and flus and everything else being outdoors way safer having natural ventilation way safer on an airplane we know the ventilation is great maybe your restaurants are different obviously if you have open windows and that is a much better way to go than what we're dealing with here because i so would it tr- trust sounds the- like it sounds like the solution to the airplane problem is that when you're up around 35 40,000 feet you just open a window and let some ventilation go through and then everybody will stop complaining very quickly well they would stop complaining immediately if you opened a few windows but you don't have that problem in airplanes so although again i don't do think the masks do anything to help you but in an airplane i don't believe you're that much at risk as you would be in a lot of places a lot of things people do in their day-to-day life I think are way riskier than being in an airplane. Um, yeah, like like going out to a Chaz meetup. Well, yeah. So I've got uh I've got two more stories. Um <clears throat> I've got the the whack job conspiracy and I've got something very technical. But I was wondering if since I just did the last two, what what have you got? Well, we've been talking about a lot of stories already, but I wanted to talk about the Oracle. I had no idea that Oracle's system this one's called Blue Kai, B-L-U-E-K-A-I. Their database leaked online. Are you familiar with this uh, database? I am not. This is the thing with all of your marketing information in it. And it I is. I didn't know I had marketing information. <laughs> you do. If you do anything online or offline. Oh, good. Then I'm safe this you you do nothing online or offline you do you just you only exist in grumpy old ben space that that was the plan yes the it's a tech crunch article and it starts with have you ever wondered why online ads appear for things that you were just thinking about there's no big conspiracy ad tech can be creepily accurate 
tech giant Oracle, one of the few companies in Silicon Valley that has a near perf- has near perfected the art of tracking people. They talk about the database they have. One of the startups they have called Blue Kai. Oracle bought for a little over four hundred million in twenty fourteen. Barely known outside of marketing circles. Bet you Carl with a K knows about him. But it's amassed one of the largest banks of web tracking data outside of the federal government. Uh, long story short. The data made its way onto an unprotected web server somehow, <laughs> and uh, it is tracking not only tracking people, but it is it has data on things people have purchased, including links to the receipts. Uh, it has where they clicked on certain sites and where they then spent money. Uh, this is all tracked to in a lot of these cases or including with the database names email addresses real addresses you know your home address phone numbers in all of this kind of stuff it's both really scary and from a technical aspect though completely amazing the amount this of data sounds this sounds a lot like the the unknown database that i was talking about about 15 episodes ago where uh somebody had found a database with a lot of that information it clearly looked like a marketing database yes and this and, says, uh, uh, nobody knew where it was it was just up on a public server uh-huh well this this could very well be that it's just a couple examples uh TechCrunch found records containing details of private purchases one detailed a german man whose name we're withholding well that was nice at least for TechCrunch, <laughs> using a prepaid debit card to place yeah, so a- only the identity thieves know that that he's a target right that he doesn't have any idea because TechCrunch wouldn't tell him. Only the identity thieves know. Right. Used a prepaid debit card to place a 10 uh, euro bet on an esports betting site on April 19th. It contained his address, phone number, and email address. Another record revealed how one of the largest investment holding companies in Turkey used BlueKai to track all of the users on its website, detailing how one person who lived in Istanbul ordered $899 worth of furniture from a hardware store. We know because the record contained all of the details, including the name, email address, direct web address for the order with no login needed. So all of this kind of data just gets out there. The one they're Wait, collecting, no, it. no login needed. What you don't have to log into the stolen database. What are they talking about logging in? Right. Exactly. This was all just or all in to get this information. But obviously, in this case, a link to the order. Have you you've had to run into one of these companies ordering something online? that in the email they send you like well click here to check on your order and if you click that link it shows you the order without logging in which is really bad juju and when you run into those companies you should probably do uh no more business with them uh, until they fix that and you should probably rip them a new anus for listen i don't i i don't I don't believe in this whole newfangled online ordering thing if i want goods Uh i will drive out to a store and get them it was good enough for my grandparents. It's good enough for me. It says Blue Kai is everywhere, even when you can't see it. One estimate says that Blue Kai tracks over 1% of all web traffic, an unfathomable amount of daily data collections. So, yep, uh, yep this is dystopian. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I mean, we, we've been talking about, we know that that these databases are out there that have all this information about you and the the amount of things that are known about you the amount of things that that can be 
uh, understood or assumed the, the level of behavior you might not even be aware of. We, we've told you multiple times uh, about how this information is out there. The only thing we've got now is a name for the database. Yes. And that it's owned by Oracle and they're just one of the companies well, that's doing not a it. Surprise. Yeah. And it does. There was the article mentions the I mean, first. Oracle is Oracle is also responsible for one of the most frightening things I ever learned about the Internet, which is that Java is installed in over three billion devices. And you love Java. <laughs> I mean, drinking it. I mean, the, the code base itself. But they do uh, talk about the original event like this, which was back in 2012. I didn't realize it was 2012. So it shows time flies when you're having fun that this was eight years ago. That this Target- is fun. Yeah, the Target made some headlines because they had sent some maternity coupons to a high school student and her father like went nuts and then found yeah. out that she was actually pregnant. So Target knew. And and, and, and you can't put that technology back in. No. So that sort of thing now happens 100 times a day to somebody somewhere. Somebody somewhere not, has no privacy not, and neither do you. Yeah, well, I, I have privacy. Like I said, I I. Yes, I'm I'm well aware of all of this stuff that that can go on, and so you know I I'm a luddite. You know, it actually it it is a little frightening that uh, the the people who know the most about technology are the ones least likely to embrace some new thing because we have a pretty good idea how it can be misused. Well, and there's and, always something that can put this data together i mean you can try to be you know smart and game the system by using a different email address for every purchase that you make from different companies but the reality is if you have one shipping address that doesn't matter because you're eventually that one bit of information is going to tie everything together and no matter what you do to try to keep all these things separate way too many people have way too much information and I don't even think a lot of people so understand that, tracking cookies. And I don't think a lot of people even to this point, I mean, I think a lot of people listening to grumpy old Ben's do, but I think your average, you know, parents, grandparents, people that aren't big into the, you know, computer revolution that have no idea that tracking cookies are taking information across a variety of websites. I think people understand if you go on Amazon's website or you go on Target's website, that there are cookies that the website uses to track you. I don't necessarily believe a lot of people know that you going on to, say, Target's website is going to give information to Home Depot. You know, I mean, that's where. And, and I have I have a whole rant about that with with regards to companies making things way too user friendly to the point where they just hide very important details like, oh, you don't need to know about this. Oh yeah, this thing knows where you are everywhere online, but you don't have to think about that. Just you know, click because clicking is easy. I just, clicking when is I got on the internet. When I got on the internet in the early nineties, uh, it, it, the only way you could get connected was that you knew enough about computers to get connected, and we all knew exactly what we were getting into. And nowadays, you just buy a phone and suddenly you're on in the big wide world and are broadcasting personal details everywhere you go without knowing it a lot of people don't even care well and that's what people don't get to with the cell phone that we've mentioned this on previous I, episodes that your bluetooth and the other information your cell phone is giving off companies can use that to track you when you walk in the door i mean i i don't understand why companies wouldn't use it at this point 
They, they do use it. <laughs> you they, know? they do. And not just Bluetooth. I mean, Bluetooth is, is a little bit unreliable, uh, not least because a lot of people have it off, but also because uh, it, it, it doesn't give you quite... The, no, the, the real way that you get tracked is if you leave Wi-Fi on on your phone, because then you walk into the store and uh, the, the, white, you know, the Bluetooth protocol is just, uh, here's a random token, uh, you know, respond if you want to connect. And uh, it, it doesn't usually give enough unique identifier, not in the initial handshake. Uh, a Wi-Fi, however, the Wi-Fi handshake will broadcast a thing called uh, a Mac ID, and it's not Macintosh. It, uh, it's, uh, I don't remember what Mac stands for, M-A-C, uh, which is uh, a 48-bit long number that uniquely identifies your Wi-Fi card or, or your Wi-Fi hardware yes. to every single access point that you walk past. And so if your Wi-Fi is on on your phone and you walk through an area every single time you walk within range, which is, you know, a good 15, 20 meters of any access point, they are doing a radio handshake where you're saying, hi, I'm AC 5079. And, you know, they've dropped the, this long number. Here's my unique identifier. Do you want to be friends? And it's broadcasting that to every single thing you walk by. And that's the Wi-Fi protocol. And you want to track people who walk in your store. That's how you do it. No, they're not going to, you know, that number doesn't contain your name, but it does contain uh, everything that they can collect about you. Like uh, how often you walk in the store, because it's like, how many times do we see this ID again? If the store is big enough and they put different access points in different departments, they can tell which departments you went to and how long you spent there. And a, uh, Jay Finley says it is a media access control address. Thank you. Yeah, I was trying I to get that name. in. I mean, I I found that before Duodenum and then Radix and then Jay Finley came in with that. But I mean, getting okay, awarded see, edgewise. This is why we is, have a troll room. <laughs> they know the information. Yeah, media access control, and that that can identify you. Which is why we go yeah. back to that Panopticlick site when it comes to browsers that you pointed out how many episodes ago. I think it was probably the one on privacy. Where even though you think you're doing everything right, your browser is giving out way more information than you realize. Um, so, I mean, I get it. I mean, if I owned a restaurant and I could sniff everybody's Mac address coming in and then I can get an idea of who are regular customers. I mean, you may not know which person it doesn't even really matter that you're attaching that phone to. What really is important is that, hey, we're seeing repeat business or we're not. There's a lot of data you can get out yeah. of this stuff. And I. Yeah, they, they don't have to have your name. Although here's the beautiful part about it is that um, they, they don't, you know, what they don't have if, if they're just tracking themselves is they have your Mac address and they know exactly which departments you spent time in, how long you spent there, how long you spent here, how many times you come back, uh, how, you know, they, they might even be able to time when you're at the register to determine uh, you know, if, if you, what you tie it to what you purchased, you got a credit card, they can tie it to that. And even if they can't get your name and information, uh, from your credit card, from your bank card, from your payment method, uh, from tying that to, okay, this person was at the register at this time, it's pretty sure that they've tied it to all your personal data, but now they can go and buy this Oracle database or just download it. Cause apparently at least right, it's free and now. <laughs> cross-reference it 
And now they have every bit of information you were talking about and they know that you are a customer and they know what you purchased in the store and they know that you apparently get off work on Fridays at 4 p.m. because at 4.07 p.m. every day you're walking into the store and going up to this particular place where dresses are sold and therefore they know that if they just buy some targeted ads for dresses, then they can get you into the ugliest thing that they've got on the shelves. (laughs) And as Jay Finley points out, uh, quite often you have some identifiable, identifiable information in your host name. And yeah, this is where all of this stuff, little snippets of things all get added together. And, uh, you know, the iPhone, it does some amazing stuff. The cardiologist recommended the iWatch to me, which I, you know, Ew. I know. Yeah, you need it, a new cardiologist. <laughs> well, it can instantly do an EKG. I mean, granted, it's a two, you know, two prong one rather than the usual 12 lead one. So it's only a, like a two lead, but it can give you a quick uh, EKG. It can tell you if you're an AFib. It can, you know, do all sorts of cool stuff. So, uh, I mean, the technology is really cool. And I'm like, well, you know, I've had Apple before and now I have a, a, a Android. And it's like, I don't know. We've talked about this at this point. You know, if you're if you're trusting Google or Apple, I mean, my last phone purchase i said google and uh i'm kind of leaning the other way now so we'll see if we uh give one of those things a try uh i was really into windows phones for quite a while well you can still use one i mean you might not be able to call anybody but you could use one yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure you can anymore the carriers don't support it you know i when when you get something you're supposed to be able to use it for as long as you want no no not in the days of online services where if if you have uh you know, you can't even keep a piece of software for more than a year before the online service is like, yeah, we don't support that anymore. And and not supporting doesn't mean they're not going to release patches. It means, oh, sorry, you can't log in. Therefore, your stuff is useless. Right. Uh, I had a story last week that we didn't get to about uh, a CrossFit machine that did exactly that. And and I know we did this story again, you know, the same story with a different company last year. But uh, the, this this CrossFit machine uh, the company decided, you know what, we're not going to support the older versions anymore and just reached out and shut them off. And because the machine was designed that you have to be logged in in order to use it, suddenly this became a gigantic paperweight in your living room. Well, that's fun. Harry Hamster yeah. says Apple monitors your sperm count. I mean, I don't know how they do that. I guess that'd be an extra sensor involved. Well, I I, I know that most people who are using Apple products are monitoring Apple's sperm count very closely. <laughs> well, yeah, if you have stock, especially the but uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to make a dick sucking joke here, but <laughs> when, uh, you know, with the, with the little bit of AFib and the heart racing thing, the, my general doctor put me on a, uh, on a pill that lowers heart rate. So, I mean, this actually is helpful for doing podcasts with you. I could just take the pill and it's like the heart uh, rate just stays a nice comfortable level so i asked the cardiologist i'm, I'm very like, good for heart rate <laughs> i'm like should i keep taking this pill he's like well i mean it's really not going to hurt you well, as long as as long as you're podcasting with that guy yeah yeah he's like there's really there's he's like the side effects are minimal he's like it's the only thing it's really going to do is uh affect your performance and he, the way he said affect your performance you knew what he was talking about and i'm just and thinking you're like i've been married for 25 <laughs> years i don't need that i know i was like that seems like somebody else's problem at this point not mine just saying but i mean i dig these health things that uh you know it's sad that these devices which in another world would be applauded as great things to make people healthier to be able to monitor your health it's sad that we live in a society with the companies that are running these devices 
the first thing you're doing is questioning whether the trade-offs are worth it. And Apple, I mean, one thing I will give Apple, they fought the law a few times as far as giving up the information. But with that said, you know, they're not perfect. All I'm saying is, is be really, really, really careful if you put your health into the hands of a company like Apple, because the moment that they listen to one of your podcasts, they're like, oh, that's some right wing guy and suddenly canceled. (laughs) They could literally cancel you. Yeah. Yeah. Just just be careful. Watch yourself here. Yeah, we've got a little maybe button. maybe keep a backup from a different company. <laughs> you never know. Yes, I, I did come up with a a solution. You you said that the the problem with all of this online ordering is that uh, eventually they have to track it back to your address. And I did come up with a solution to that, and that is that you just pick a random house uh, <laughs> for each delivery and brush up on your porch pirate skills. Well, is it okay? And here's the question though: Is it really piracy if the package is yours? Um, I think you could really get shot. Well, you could get shot, but legally, I don't know, uh, you know, if that would be a problem, but yeah, that's and the interesting thing with the way Amazon does deliveries now is that they SMS message you the minute the package hits the port. So as long as you're doing it on your block, I mean, you could get there before anybody else even knows it's there usually, but I digress. This, yeah, <laughs> but you got to go farther than your block or they're still going to triangulate. That's true. And it's not going to, uh. I mean, it's really not going to protect your privacy. Have a few deliveries made to the next city over just to be sure. Right. Now, we've talked about air gap issues before with people trying to steal information. Did you see this was um, just one of the best things I've ever seen in this vein? Did you see about the story about the lamp phone attack? Um, I might have, but refresh my memory. What you can do with a hanging light bulb in a room. Did you see this? Is it a well-hung light bulb? Well, yes, I would hope so. I mean, you need it to be um, not permanently attached, I believe, because it says, although maybe it can, depending how exactly uh, how sensitive this is. But I was thinking it had to be something hanging down from the ceiling, like most of our kitchen lights are, you know, over the kitchen table, you've got something hanging on a chain. You have a lot of these fixtures, you know, in restaurants and stuff where you have a fixture hanging down from the ceiling. If you have a hanging light bulb and you can view that light bulb from far away, think, you know, a block away with a telescope, it sure can pick up sound. This is yeah. the most like it really when you try to put into your brain how this is working, because is, is this. This sounds like just a, a slightly more complicated and indirect form of reading lips. If you're trying to have a private conversation, draw the blinds. Yes, definitely draw the blinds because in the room with a hanging light bulb, if somebody outside of the room can see that light bulb, they don't have to see you. They can see the light bulb and they can monitor the light coming off and the very slight variations that happen when sound waves hit a light bulb can be picked up and reconstituted into sound waves and they had a couple examples where they had music and you could quite easily understand what the song was i mean you wouldn't be playing it on your you know hi-fi because it didn't sound right but shazam no it it probably sounds like most podcasts right and shazam though was able to pick out what songs they were they played an audio clip of donald trump saying make america great again And while his voice 
that ended up on the other side sounded nothing like Donald Trump. The words make America great again were clear. And this, again, is through a telescope, a little electro sensor that is monitoring the amount of light coming off of that light bulb and taking the variations in the light due to sound waves hitting the light bulb and reconstituting them into sound. It's it's amazing. I definitely expect to see this as a plot point in your next spy thriller. Yeah, it should be because this is fantastic when you think about I, it. I mean, I, I, all of the authors out there, this is this is something that needs to go in just because it, it's it's completely impractical and a little silly for real world work, but it people people like Darren eat it up as but as a concept. It's not that impractical because you don't have to have access to the place. You don't okay, have who, to get who's in and plan use something. Well, government agencies. No, government agencies, if they want information out of you, they're going to kidnap you and beat it out of you. What do they need to spy on you with a light bulb for? So you've been kidnapped and beaten a few times, I take it. Yeah. Haven't you? No. No, well, yeah. I signed NDA, so we can't really get into that. But, you know, I do think that there is some, I mean, again, maybe more so than that, um, you know, these Antifa types sitting in their mommy's basements, they might be the kind that would try this going out monitoring something like that hey i mean if you want to bug somebody it is an intriguing way to do it i i I cannot imagine anything more banal than trying to spy on some antifa type sitting in their mommy's basement i mean first of all you know everything that they're going to say because all you have to do is look at any page of reddit where they've already said it well see now digi saying you can't even have any kind of shades or covering i need to do more research i didn't see that I mean, who has just a plain light bulb? That sounds like a room you're being tortured in. Just a plain <laughs> light bulb hanging from the ceiling. Oh, the, with the glare coming off of a bare light bulb, that is torture. Yes. This kind of sounds more like the Bemro sex dungeon, so I don't want to get into that. Uh, no, we we actually, we've got uh, a soft lighting and... Uh, oh, you finally got shading. the LEDs in? Yeah. And, uh, oh, and the black lights for when you want to flip the mood over <laughs> and also for cleaning. For cleaning, right. I was going to say, that's more... Uh, I would not like to be a Roomba in that room. But did you see Zoom is now going to offer everybody end to end encryption? So you took one week for oh. your story to uh, for them to so go. So they back. were listening. They were listening to me. I think they were and good. Good for them. They are going to make people. I'm going to take I, I take personal credit for getting them to change their minds on that one. It had nothing to do with all the other people who were saying the same thing. It was me. No, but they're going to use this as a way to gather more data because you're going to have to verify your your account. And that's usually done. It looked like by SMS messaging. So you're going to have to tie a phone company uh, number, which I mean, it could still be Google voice, but you're going to have to tie a phone number of some sort to your Zoom account. So there's more data there that can just be leaked. Uh, Of course. So it's a good thing. Wait, you have to tie a phone number to it. Yes. It doesn't have to be yours. I just one you have access to. Um, and by the way, can speaking of, can I uh, borrow your phone for a bit? Right. That's exactly what I see a lot of people doing. Yeah. And I've gone through this before because Google voice can be a real pain in the ass to get a number to. If you've already got like five Google voice numbers, they're not that easy to get without having, you almost have to go buy a new burner phone to have a phone number I, to be able to attach. I, I, I would, I think that's almost worth it. Kind of. And four, I know for grumpy. Uh, grumpy here's a ben. question. Are there. Are there options? Uh, are there other options like competitive competitors to Google Voice that do not have the word Google in them? None. Honestly, that I found. I, 
Well, no, I, that's a lie. There is one called Text Now, which is very similar, who sells phone service that will give you a temporary phone number that you can make calls and get text via. Because the idea of getting a Google Voice just bothers me because of the word Google, to be honest. Well, here's the funny thing. And that, they, I, that is a company that needs to be broken up and then each part stomped on and erased. And I'm sure they each have lists kind of like what the other companies have because Google wants to have a phone number to tie it to. And as does text now, they want a phone number that they can tie their what they're giving you so you can get your messages and all that. But they don't often know what each other has. So I've gone through that with the Google voice number. Well, not until they peruse each other's leaked databases. Right. Which does happen because it's sometimes it's easy to do. Sometimes it's hard. I've had success trying to get a Google voice number and then going to text now to get a text now number which I used a different Google voice number to tie it to, and then getting another Google voice number based upon the text now number. So, but sometimes they do come back with, Oh, you can't use that. You can't use that phone number. It's like, ah, damn it. Come on. Loopholes. Sounds so masturbatory. It is. It really is. Cause you need one of these to get one of those and one of that, but you want different numbers for your different podcasts or whatever it is. But, um, you know, really the, the end result is it's way more simple to spend like five or 10 bucks and just get a temporary phone card, you know, with some time on it. And then you get a number you can actually uh, not have to worry about. Okay. So, uh, I've got, uh, I've got two more stories left, but I don't know that, that I want to take the time to go through both of them because at, at the rate we're going, we'll be here until three thirty. Um, but, uh, do you want uh conspiracy theory or do you want uh really deep geeky programmy stuff? Um, conspiracy theory sounds more fun. So you can choose whichever yeah. you want though. Actually, that's the much shorter one. I don't have a hell of a lot to say. I just wanted to pull this one out because, <laughs> uh, it, it entertains me. There is a group called, uh, food and water watch, which has sued the EPA and, uh, they just recently had, uh, they had their or first oral arguments in the lawsuit. Uh, what they are suing the EPA for is they want to make it illegal for municipalities to put fluoride in drinking water. Um, are you are you you familiar with the the conspiracy theories around fluoridated fluoridated drinking water? Yes. Well, it, yeah, the, the whole concept of people, putting fluoride into the water started what like in the seventies or something. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it the the public reason given was it's good for your teeth uh i i i, I haven't seen i i'm not convinced that that's a good enough reason but uh, you know, we we could get into the the dental uh arguments either way uh i'm not a dentist and anybody out there who's listening who is a dentist first of all uh why are you listening to this show but secondly you you probably know more than i do um i i do know that i think uh you know genetics plays a whole lot more and then, then whether or not you have fluoride and anybody who is brushing their teeth often enough gets all the fluoride their teeth need, uh, through fluoride toothpaste, which is every type of toothpaste out there. Um, back, back when this drinking water thing was happening, not all the toothpaste was fluoridated, but it is now. Um, I, I'm, I'm just not sure I buy the idea that we have to put fluoride in the drinking water for, for dental reasons. Well, not with the fluoride. When you have any of these filters, and almost everybody uses these now, whether it's in your refrigerator, you add something onto your kitchen sink that all goes through the carbon filters and all this other stuff. Yeah. Doesn't the fluoride so get the, pulled right out? So the, the city is spending money to put fluoride in so that you can spend money to take it back out. <laughs> that sounds about right for government work. 
Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. Uh, the the theory is, as I understand it, is that uh, fluoride in your if if you consume fluoride, especially when you're young, it makes you more docile and more likely to to give in to authority. Uh, which the, there stems the the real conspiracy theory behind it, and I don't know if that theory is true or not. Uh, I, I will tell you that it it probably after listening to me for sixty nine episodes now. Um, it should not surprise you that I grew up in a rural area where we had our own well water, which had lots of iron and other minerals, but it did not have fluoride. And maybe that's why I'm not docile and not given to submitting to authority. Uh, but I, I just, so the, the actual arguments given is that, um, you know, fluoride above a certain level is in fact toxic. And, uh, the FDA has limits on how much fluoride is safe to put to have in food. Uh, you know, it's so many parts per million. They have limits on, uh, if you have bottled beverages, then you have an upper limit of how many, how much fluoride. However, the FDA and the EPA, neither of them have any upper limit whatsoever on how much fluoride a city can put in the drinking water. And there have been uh, certain cities that have been tested where the amount of fluoride in the drinking water was up to seven times uh, what the FDA limits for maximum safe dosage in, say, a bottled water. And where are these cities? And are these in areas uh, that maybe they're putting this into the poorer areas or is this uh, is there any connection? Uh, well, one, one of them was a city whose uh, water table has... Uh, not got the best reputation already just outside of Detroit, um, uh, a city called Flint. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They go yeah. cancer causers. Um, another one. They, the other one they tested was uh, I've lost the name. Why don't I write these down in my notes? Um, it was it was near Albuquerque in New Mexico. Um, and they tested that there were also high ones in places in Texas. Um, but it depends entirely on which city because it you know, it's not. It's not naturally occurring. It's uh, uh, added by the the city, so they just truck in, I, I guess, giant fluoride pills and dissolve it in the reservoir. I'm not sure exactly what the technique is. Right. Well, that's what's um, kind of my question. Like, is this just pure incompetence that they don't know how much they should be putting in? How is this getting added in? L- listen, this is being added by government employees. Of course, it's pure incompetence. <laughs> Welcome to Incompetence 101. So, anyways, uh, the. The Food and Water Watch organization has sued the EPA in order to, uh, they are asking to prevent cities from adding fluoride to water at all. Um, and the, they just finished their opening arguments. Uh, let's see, the, uh, the Justice Department lawyer did say, though, uh, let's be 100% clear here. If the EPA could conclude there was an unreasonable risk from water fluoridation, EPA would regulate does anybody believe that's true? I'm I don't sure trust the do. EPA to tie their shoes. Yeah. So um, th- this is going to be one to watch, uh, especially if you're uh, like me. I, I don't buy into a lot of conspiracy theories. Well, okay, maybe a lot compared to the the average CNN watcher. But uh, I, I am, however, I try to keep up on them because they fascinate me the, the way it it seeing what kind of conspiracy theories are out there, what kind of, of tortured logic can be applied to various uh, situations to try to make it look like what you want it to, uh, is a fascinating glimpse into how the human mind works. And so I'm going to keep following this one. I just thought, thought it was interesting. 
Well, it is because this is something people should be at least watching when you have something like that. It's like this is if if, if you're going to do something on a massive scale as far as drugging the populace, well, the water supply is the way to do it. So it is yeah. something you should be aware of. And it is something that, you know, even if you're not afraid of your local water supply being, um, you know, not safe to drink. And there are some places that are certainly like that in the Chicago area. We've well, had there's, you know, there's some places where the water just straight up tastes awful. Yes. You know, and in Chicago, we've had, you know, since I was a kid, always had the city water. Once I moved out a little bit further, we for a while didn't have the city water. So, yeah, the water kind of tasted like ass. You definitely needed the water softeners. And you definitely, if you were going to drink the stuff, you wanted to filter it. And even now I'm in the same area. But just because I believe that the pipes that are used now to bring the city water in, which is the stuff from Chicago, which is all filtered and all this it, other crap. And uh, it, it probably been there a hundred years and made of lead. Yeah. And the amount of rust that builds up on our fixtures, even with city water tells me that the pipes no bueno. So definitely, oh yeah, <laughs> definitely you want as much of the filtering that you can have to make that safe. And you can, it's easy to test this stuff and see how many parts per million are, you know, bad, how much is, you know, what kind of contaminants are in the water. But I mean, I've always been well aware that you want to filter this stuff. I don't know if anybody doesn't, um, but it's an interesting thing. Go get a little device that measures the amount of parts per crap in your water and go see what's in the water. And then also it's interesting because uh, I did a review on this for Amazon for a company years ago, back again, when you could get stuff for free to do reviews. And believe it or not, the tap water here was not the worst. The bottled water I bought from a couple different sources had way more contaminants in it than even the city water. So, you know, well, m- most of the bottled water that you find out there is just tap water from whatever city that the bottling plant is in. Yeah, we do get a Chicago municipal water even way down here. Did you guru? I know they have really, really long pipes, but it's, uh, you know, it's definitely questionable. When when I was growing up, we you know I knew that there was no government adding anything to our water because it came straight out of the ground and into our pipes. And I think that there was I I, I don't know I'm not even certain there was a filter there, but probably. Uh, but uh, the way we knew about the mineral content was it usually took about a week or two between cleanings and our toilets would turn orange. Yeah, and that's how you I, that, know there's some metals rust. in there. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know the metals, and that's how we that's we still get. So it's like even with the municipal water, uh, you have to be aware of what you're putting into your body. No doubt about it. Take re- personal responsibility yet again, and you know buy a little pitcher and then buy one of those little devices and test before and after. You may be or or if it, here's here's my grumpy old Ben's tip: if you don't trust your water, drink only beer. Ooh, that's or boil your water first, but beer is probably better. Don't boil your beer. That yes. will not make it taste better. <laughs> do not boil your beer. And we do have some, have a couple other stories we can hit, but I want to do thank everybody that has been donating to the grumpy old Ben's podcast. We do have experts here on grumpy old Ben's and you're officially an expert and not a script kitty. Once you donate and we got, I believe this is our first donation from a guy we've talked about on the show before coming in at 72, 72. So as a, uh, as a big white Sox fan, 
and a big Carlton Fisk fan. That brings me that's I like 72. So that's a lucky number, no doubt about it. It's our buddy Cal from Lavender Blossoms who wrote in, Howdy folks, you two are like superheroes. You probably wear capes. No, well, you should. And uh um you- I am currently wearing an Aloha shirt that is not buttoned up. And if, if I had a wind in front of me, it would be billowing behind me like a cape. So there you go. <laughs> and the, the cardiologist yesterday was not wearing a Hawaiian shirt, but that is my uh, cardiologist MO. And I only met him a couple of years ago after I had the gallbladder out. But, you know, I kind of like the MO of a doctor who wears Hawaiian shirts. It, it seems to make things more fun. It seems like a Bemrose thing to do. If you were, if, if you were a cardiologist, I'd picture you kind of uh, Hawaiian shirting it. Ooh, maybe, you know, stogie in hand, something like that. But yeah, stogie in hand while working on your heart. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> For you, that would seem just about right. So, I mean, we appreciate it, Cal. And I know we've said a lot of nice things about Cal's shop, Lavender Blossoms, and um, the little jar of honey that he sent my wife almost gone. She's addicted to it. So we need to find a way for uh, for, for more of that stuff to get shipped to pay Cal for it or nice. just have to send somebody I, to Michigan. I imagine that there there might be some means by which you can exchange some form of currency and have them send more. That may be the case. And my wife is definitely digging the lavender blossoms, uh, the salves. My mom thinks they're magic. So it all works out. I haven't really I, I don't even want to say that I don't have any pain, like any you know arthritis or any kind of problems as far as that I goes. Have, I, I, I have arthritis in my mouse fingers. You know, every once in a while, but for me, almost no problem with that kind of stuff. So I really even mentioning it kind of makes me feel like that's going to to jinx something. But, you know, if I ever need it, I think it, the stuff, according to my mom, the stuff is like magic. So it like no agenda. We don't have any advertisers. We don't do any sponsors, anything like that. But if we use a product and we like it, we're not going to intentionally not talk about it and the stuff that Cal has uh, over at lavenderblossoms.org, definitely good stuff. And we definitely appreciate the donation. You are He's definitely the expert on the CBD front for the grumpy old Ben's crowd. And I, I agree. Expert all the way. And we appreciate it. Coming in next is Surly Mofo, which is another great no agenda name. Sir that is a great name. Lee Mofo. I mean, you are a Surly Mofo, but he's actually surly mofo at double nickels on the dime 5510 says just found you guys and you're just what i needed to keep informed between no agenda shows love it see so that's it we're just kind of the fluffer in between no agenda shows to keep people keep people going there's no agenda uh, uh, you know what so i'll much. take it I'll, I'll go with it in in today's economy you got to go with whatever whatever employment you can get right <laughs> yeah fluffer if we have to exactly and uh, we do fit into the no agenda vein. There's no doubt about it. We talk about some similar things. We try to do it from a different point of view. We don't play clips as a rule. We just bloviate way more than we probably should. But it's always good knowing. Yeah. And I appreciate, you know, people that are coming new to the show. I mean, you said I haven't listened to yesterday's no agenda yet because, you know, cardiologist and all. But I heard Sir Carl came in with a donation and credited uh, Grumpy Old Benz or mentioned Grumpy Old Benz. What happened? Uh, well, Sir, Sir Carl, uh, he came in with a 333 donation just to guarantee he'd get the executive producership and get his note read. And his note was was very kind to us. So uh, it, it was I I got the impression, at least, that he enjoyed his his 
time talking with us. And uh, that's great because I did too. Um, the bulk of his note was actually an invitation for John C. Dvorak to guest host on who are these podcasts. And uh, during the reading of the note, John said that he would do it. So nice. I am definitely looking forward to that. Well, we'd mentioned on the show that we would love to hear John on a who are these podcasts. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that the, this was him acting on that idea. And uh, I, I had a great time talking with, with Sir Carl and, and really enjoyed that. And as much as uh, my, my first thought was, wait, you, you enjoyed talking to us. So you're giving money to no agenda, but, <laughs> but he mentioned uh, us. That's more important. And, uh, you know, th- thank you, Sir Carl. That was, uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. And as the crossovers go, there's also due to uh, Sir Scandinavian's prodding, uh, it seems Grimerica is up for doing a uh, Grimerica Grumpy Old Ben's crossover episode, uh, possibly in July. I don't know if, did you get that email? I, I maybe. And that, that you know, I, thinking, I, I get no spam. Right. No spam at all. I think they suggested, I think it was Tuesday, July 7th or something like that, a nighttime recording, if possible. Otherwise, there were some other days. But it sounds like a Grimerica, Grumpy Old Ben's mashup will happen, and that should be interesting as well. Because I think there's a lot of crossover of the uh, of the groups. And I mean, let's just be honest, they have a much bigger audience, so we just want to pimp some of that. Yeah. Well, they also have a much better show, but I, <laughs> I mean, we can yeah, bring us on the show. We can fix that. We can, yeah, we can fix that. I mean, like I said, Carl, I mean, you could, you can get rid of your co-host. I need to talk to him more about yeah, D- that. Darren just wants to be on every podcast. I liked the, talking the to Carl. seven times a week that he's on the stream. Isn't enough. You know, and I Darren miss one show on- and people put out milk cartons. So I don't know yeah. what that says, but I mean, Carl I, really did get ne- into next the flow. Time, tell, tell them to send the St. Bernard with the keg of brandy <laughs> around his neck. Yes. Carl got into the flow though. When. You're like, well, if when Fletcher said, oh, we should get Carl to replace Bemrose, you're like, well, I'll take over. Who are these podcasts? And Carl's like, oh, yeah. Remember I said that it was just the formula. No, you you couldn't do the show. So uh, he he got into our little back and forth, which I think he understands, although some people don't. uh, But if you listen for 69 episodes, those people have no sense of humor and and don't need to be experts. Right. That's exactly it. Because if you're missing out on the busting of balls which is what guys do mainly when talking to each other not on a podcast if you don't understand that concept you may find some of the stuff um, comic strip blogger was kind of chastising me for being mean to you during that show and it's like but it's part of the show it's the deal yeah uh, no listen you should listen to comic strip blogger <laughs> once in a while you think so I, I you you hurt my feelings whereas my wife would say I, you hurt my feeling you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't have any evidence that there's more than one, but you heard it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, it was more. We do have more people to thank. Sir Adam of the Coke Empire, I'm thinking K-O-C-H. It could go either way, but I'm thinking Coke Brothers. So Sir Adam of the Coke Empire, although Coke Empire seems way more like, you know, something out of Columbia or Scarface. But that I guess why it sounds even cooler. Uh, he says great shows over the past few weeks and then asks the question that uh, you know, maybe it takes more thought from you or not i don't know but the question was ps5 or xbox x this holiday season do you have any thoughts on that or you want to prepare something for another show talking about that pc master race to just get just the pc forget the consoles i yeah 
I mean, I I could I've I probably I can bring this on another show. I I can bring an actual review of these things, or I could just complain about how uh, all of the consoles are uh, uh, completely Dumbed locked down. down. Yeah, completely locked down systems that you uh, that require you to sign into microservices just to do anything at all, and the the decline of the games industry as the you know with the microtransactions and loot boxes and uh i i mean i i don't talk about this much on this show because i know you're not a gamer and probably your eyes would glaze over but i used to be a huge gamer and have fallen out of it lately because the the publishers in the game industry have started to go with some really shady tactics that don't they're i mean like user hostile stuff uh like uh, artificially padding game length, like uh, removing the ability to uh, er, removing physical copies of games so that you have to buy them digitally. Uh, so that if you say the one wrong thing while in a call of duty match, then uh, y- you could get banned for life and suddenly lose access to your whole library. Uh, the, the straight up gambling that they brought in uh, called loot boxes, where in, in exchange for spending real money in a game, you go in and, you you get a, a, a an Easter egg, a, a, a surprise box, and you open the box and you get some random thing which has like a point oh 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 one percent of being something really good, but the vast majority of time it's it's just another uh, another colored skin for your gun or or something useless. Um, there's there's a lot of of nickel and diming things that the game industry publishers have started doing which make gaming less fun and somewhere along the line i realized that i wasn't enjoying consoles uh because i kept thinking about you know these these companies uh the the worst are are companies like ea and activision but the but sony and microsoft are, are definitely out there uh just the idea that like realizing that i can't i can't really play online on xbox anymore because you go there and you're going to have some kid with a 13 year old whiny voice who is going to explain how he's going to fuck your grandmother because you <laughs> shot him in the game. And then at the same time, if you respond, somebody might be listening and Microsoft at their sole discretion can, uh, you know, ban your account and suddenly every, all of the money you purchase $60 a pop for every game. Plus it tends to be closer to a hundred dollars a game after all of the required DLC, because you know, more than six months into purchasing the game, you, all of the online matches require that you have a DLC map. So you can't join any online matches unless you also go buy the downloadable content, which raises the price of the game. Uh, and, I'm not going to rant about that. I there. I mean, I there's too much there for. Uh, I I kind of already did, but yeah, you kind of. Yeah, Sir Matthew. So, Sir Matthew says PC or get the f out, and Duodenum says PC. So it seems like there's some hatred for the console gaming's uh, systems. Okay, there. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you the short reason why I prefer the uh, other than everything that I've just said. Uh, in, in particular, the consoles being very locked down and controlled, and you have to log in. Um, the reason why I prefer PC and, and this has to do with the fact that the type of game I prefer is for the most part, single player or, or local server experience is that for me, um, in order to get the full use out of a game, I want to mod it. I I am a programmer. I am a hacker. I, 
I tinker with things. I want to be able to not only install mods, but also write them. And there's effectively no such thing as a mod on uh, an Xbox or, or PS3 or PS whatever, uh, a console. Um, mods are generally available on PC. Now, uh, using mods to cheat in a multiplayer game is unethical, and I don't do that. But for the most part, I don't play competitive multiplayer. The type of multiplayer I like to play is competitive or is cooperative. Uh, Borderlands, for example, where I write a mod and then I distribute it to all of the friends that I'm playing with, and maybe the mod gives you super jumping or uh, guns that shoot chickens or whatever the heck it does. <laughs> you waste a lot and of time. Then we all and then we all play through, and now we're you know it's it you you get replayability of the game because you. Uh, you know, we we played the game the first time the way the developers intended, but the developers never intended a gun that shoots chickens. Right. That those chickens will then, you know, run around along the ground and up to an enemy and explode or something. And and, and that completely changed. You know, some but, mod like that could ch- change the game experience entirely. And suddenly you replay it from start to finish. You're playing a new game. Are they live chickens or are they like a bucket of KFC so that people just get hungry no, and then they have the MSG and then they get sleepy? They're not live chickens. They're they're digital representations of chickens. Try to keep up. Oh, I get it. Um, I have a PS3. That no was the chickens last... were harmed in the development of this mod. <laughs> at least not that I would admit to. A PlayStation 3 was the last uh, thing I bought and the Wii, the original Wii. I, after that, no, nothing. Uh, there was an overhyped mess. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. Uh, but there, there were some fun things on the devices. I liked the sporting games. Even though I was never a fan of the NBA, it was always fun playing basketball. Even when I wasn't following hockey much, it was always fun to play the uh, the sports games for me. Because as I've mentioned before, the first person things, no matter what, gave me uh, you know an instant like car sick vertigo kind of thing. So I've never been a gamer mainly because of that. Tried, but just there's something in my uh, DNA that doesn't want me to play those. So with that. Um, Again, thank you, Sir Adam of the Co-Camp. Hopefully, at least that covers that. That was a he came in at fifty bucks, and we appreciate that. And then we have to fill out the rest of the list. Our buddy Cold Acid, who is on a ten dollar monthly subscription, um, new guy Michael Winget, who said he just started a five dollar a month on PayPal. Loves the show. And did, uh, did he come over from JRE? I don't know. We haven't been on JRE yet, so probably not. Well, work on it. That would be you know hey we're getting on grimerica that's the first step to jre and then nick the rat has to ask us oh, grimerica is bigger than jre anyway <laughs> okay that's good that is good then we have a uh, a good show coming up and uh, last but not least brad hall in at 333 for this episode of grumpy old bands that's our list of experts and we appreciate everybody who supports the show in all sorts of different ways comes along when we're doing these shows live on noagendastream.com on Friday mornings at 11 a.m. Central, we appreciate the people trolling along. We appreciate the people that are donating in so you can be an official expert. And if you want to be like the cool kids and you don't want to be a script kitty, go to grumpyoldbens.com where you'll find the little donate button, which uses the evil PayPal. You can set up a one-time payment or a monthly donation. You can find our P.O. Box address. You can see the little QR code if you want to do Bitcoin and if you want to do the Patreon thing where there's a couple people doing that, patreon.com slash grumpy old Benz. And we realized that the guy that sent in from the, uh, he sent a note in Steve, uh, was it Steve Edwards? I hope I'm not getting that wrong. I'll correct it later if I am. Um, But he was the first one to come in on 
Patreon, and he was also the first one to come in on the pop money. So he's the one that keeps showing us new ways to get cash. And we appreciate that. If people have other ways we can get cash, let us know what works best. Because there's a lot yeah, of I'm 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 not above bribes. Yeah, bribes are very good, but that's you know part of this whole system, value for value. We do the shows, and if you got something out of it, your job then kicks in and you have to go to grumpyoldbens.com and subscribe, donate, keep the uh, lights on and the microphone sounding good, at least one of them. Be an expert. You have to be an expert. Now, if I were to tell you in the fight for free speech and freedom of speech, if I were to tell you France is leading the way, would would that scare you in any way, shape, or form? Scared? No. Um, <laughs> my my bullshit meter is, is currently hovering at about 75%, but go on. Well, this is a story from TechCrunch that the French constitutional authority has rejected a new law that would have forced online platforms to delete, I'll use air quotes, hate speech content. And uh, they said that was unconstitutional. Even in France, it's unconstitutional to deep well, things. It, it hate should speech. be unconstitutional anywhere. So, yeah. so what you're saying is that France is leading in free speech because in one very specific <laughs> instance, they decided not to be quite as authoritarian and overbearing as they could have been. Yes. Well, and compared to what's okay. going on in the United States right Honestly, now. Honestly, that's that's a pretty good step compared to other places. Yeah. Um I mean, uh, shall not be infringed. This is not a difficult concept, people. It is not a uh, it is not a difficult thing, but there, for some reason so many people just don't understand it. And the, again, no matter which side you're on, you should be very, very afraid. And, uh, you know, if you're not, this is where this kind of insanity comes in. There was another story out of Oakland, which, you know, when things coming out of Oakland, you assume they're going to be bad news anyway. They're uh, in the only the only good things coming out of Oakland are the Zephyr and half of no agenda. Did you know that they're investigating some ropes in a tree? Did you hear about this? Um, I don't know. Is it suddenly a terrorist act for kids to uh, swing from a tree limb? You know, it I mean, kind of, that's that playing outside beyond kids. But yes, this is the, the, the hilarity of this is Oakland's investigating this as a hate crime and are now saying that the intentions don't matter because, you know, any kind of ropes and little swing in one of these hanging from a tree um, obviously can't be an exercise aid. ABC News reports, and this is from a Breitbart article, so Breitbart. Could it be a sex aid? Could be. Um, it said, Victor Sengabi, who is black, told KGO-TV that the ropes were part of a rigging that he and his friend used as part of a larger swing system. He also shared a video of the swings it, in it, use. It, it does sound like they, they were used as a sex aid then. <laughs> Maybe. Have, have we suddenly transitioned to smash cast again he says it's unfortunate that a genuine gesture of wanting to have a good time got misinterpreted into something so heinous but well karen needs to mind her own fucking business well this is it because mayor libby Schaff said quote intentions do not matter mayor will, karen we will not tolerate symbols of hate in our city the nooses found at Lake Merritt will be investigated as hate crimes. That's the mayor. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> the okay, guy who put I'll him just... there, black. And he's using there. They I'll, use. I'll the, just. His... I'll just reiterate. Uh, you know, shut up, Karen. It's amazing. This is. It is. It, yeah. There's almost no words for this kind of stuff at this point. No, there's one word for it, and it's California. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Seattle's not much different. Washington's not much different. Uh, Chicago's certainly not much different. Are you kidding me? We we have our own independence movement going on right now. We do. You're you're yeah, taking a city, Capitol Hill. <laughs> you're taking not, right. Not me. I want you to get video. Go go deep into the bowels of the Chaz and uh, and report back. Wear your no agenda shirt though. Uh, well, uh, that Sir Chris Knight of the Vortex Ring State is already on top of that. In in the No Agenda Meetups uh, article, they uh, he says that uh, you will know him because he'll be the one with the No Agenda neck gaiter on. Well, that's good. I mean, you can just tell people he is reporting for No Agenda and see what goes yes. on. Yes, we're 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 part of the No Agenda News Network. We're just reporting on what's going on. Don't worry, we will we're not going to propagandize. We're going to tell people exactly what we see here. So don't worry about, you know, we're we're not like all of those media mainstream who's put a spin on it. We're gonna tell people exactly what we see because it doesn't need any spin. You people are ridiculous enough as it is. And I'll just be waiting for Oakland to charge this black guy with a hate crime for putting a rope in a tree. As part of a swing system. Are, are we certain <laughs> that this wasn't some kind of JCD sex game? It could be. I don't know what's going on. And I don't want to know. You know what? Let's just not follow that line of thought. Yeah. In the Bay Area. But I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing JCD on who are these podcasts. It should be. Uh, the only question is, will it be JCD completely unfiltered? You know, oh, okay. Can I, can I make a couple of recommendations? Carl, if you're listening and if not. Can somebody send him this audio clip? Uh, you have to cover my, both of my podcasts or all of them if you want. At some point, I want JCD's input, and I want to see if well, JCD all thirteen will, of them, right? If JCD will actually be honest and mean and, and rip us to shreds, that would be part of the fun. But I think that would be great. Now, for who are these podcasts with John C. Dvorak? I would recommend rather than covering just one show, they cover clips from all the shows that run on the stream. There has to be a sampling of all of them. Uh, you you understand their formula where they listen to the podcast first you're asking them to spend like 14 hours listening to every podcast running on the stream sure or at least have clips i mean this could be we can slightly do a variant and you know carl can provide jcd with the clips to listen to or just live you know he doesn't have to be jc doesn't have to hear about it beforehand carl could just have the clip of grumpy old Ben's play it and let jcd say what he thinks he can get a clip of hog story let jcd say what he thinks nick the rat jcd say what he thinks you know walk through the mind that larry show woo it's gonna be fun i mean isn't that what no agenda is no uh, here's a clip from here's a clip from amy goodman let jcd well, yes. say what he thinks Did, were you here's not another listening clip when from carl amy goodman. said they lifted the format directly from yeah. no agenda talk about yeah. the clip i mean it's the play no the agenda clip. formula here's, yeah here's another clip from amy goodman yes you know, here's Here's a clip from Jeff Begay's poop guy. So Devor actually okay, feels here's, very Here's another Amy Goodman. Yeah. Oh, and, and a couple more Amy Goodman because John apparently has a hard on for that bitch. No, now it's Kaylee. Is it? Well, actually, yeah. you know, Kaylee is hot. Yeah. Well, well by comparison Goodman, however, to Amy Goodman, too. It, good, Amy Goodman, though, she looks exactly like she sounds, which is awful. <laughs> and I'm so tired. John is the only person who listens to Democracy Now. And, and, and then we have to put up with his fascination with her. I don't get it. You are not 
incorrect. But I think that would be the JCD on who are these podcasts. You need to focus on at least some of the shows on the No Agenda stream. And that would be a whole lot of fun. And then we need Adam on it. And then, I mean, when are we getting asked on to who are these podcasts? I thought he liked us, or at least me. I mean, I don't know if he liked you at all, but. Uh, well, I, I, I think that he probably uh, decided that he likes you and doesn't want to uh, put you through that. <laughs> um, and, and he was like, no, I can't handle this. This Bemrose guy. Uh, you know he was he was trying to teach me how to do improv and it just didn't take <laughs> you're like you know about yes and right and you're like no <laughs> you're you're more of a my favorite part about that was was later when i did the same thing to him so you know uh, it, but it worked out. yes and yeah turnabout <laughs> is fair play anything else we need to to get in here because again grumpy old ben's always going over two hours because we bloviate i i to be honest i checked out about 20 minutes ago well, your performance doesn't seem any different, so uh, take that for your... Uh, well, I mean, I stopped paying attention to you. Oh, well, I thought that was 69 episodes ago. Yes, yes, you're right. I'm sorry. That is 69 episodes ago. But hey, we're, now we're through. I mean, we're, we're t- definitely out of beta now. We'll be at episode number 70 next Friday. Same time, same channel, noagendastream.com for the live show. And then wherever finer podcasts are distributed ours will be right there with the good shows so until yes we're we're gonna sneak it in amongst the good podcasts yes it's 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 the best way to just get undercover just sneak right in and and stick around with the good shows and nobody will pay any attention but until next time i am darren o'neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle america just outside of shy rack where it's a nice beautiful warm day and i don't have any barbecue why don't i have barbecue i'm not sure you need to fix that yes and from america's left coast where the digital chickens are already on their way i'm ryan bemrose Ooh, barbecue chicken